ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks, that's, that's where it all starts, because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome into Sunday Fun Day with Socks on Tap. It's Johnny Nani, NWI Steve, and Tony on Tap here joining me. Boys, successful weekend in Cleveland is the title of this episode. I'd say it was. You come out of the division title, series win, feeling good right now. Hey, yo, boys. Yeah, feel, feeling real good here after taking three out of five this weekend, getting that division title, just like you said, Johnny. But I got to ask the question to both of you. How your liver's feeling? Feeling fantastic. My, my liver my liver is feeling fantastic, Steve. I know yours is feeling fantastic as well. I'm glad you made it back from Ohio safe. Let me tell you, bro, Ohio, it was quite an experience. That was my first time there since uh, 2009 when I saw the White Sox legend Gordon Beckham hit his first major league home run down in the nasty natty. But um, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm good if I don't have to ever go to that state again. So keep it <laughs> yep hey last time this year guys we are done with the cleveland indians last time playing them as the cleveland indians too so farewell steve i think you put it well when you tweeted the picture of the final score from game one on thursday tell, tell us what you said there yeah just you know not, just a nice little one to nothing final there it was a great way to have my last memory of the cleveland indians and you know indians fuck you always and forever yeah, absolutely. He said, you know, it was a great end to uh, the Cleveland Indians. Fuck you, always in forever. That that was excellent. Uh, I enjoy that. We always appreciate your uh, hate for the AL Central rivals here. So a lot of stuff to get into today, guys. We're going to be talking about uh, these last three games because we did record. Uh, if you go back our last episode, uh, it is the celebration champs uh, from Thursday night. And then we uh, talked about both those games a little bit in that doubleheader. We're going to talk Friday, Saturday, Sunday's games here. Some uh, observations from those. Uh, we've got a petition uh, up on ontapsportsnet.com for Jim Cornelison to sing the national anthem at the first home playoff game. Uh, who should be the starter? Game one at Houston when it comes playoff time. Um, we'll talk Adam Engel, uh, availability during the Red Series. And the boys will be back in town, obviously, a homestand coming up. White Sox been on the road for a while, three-city road trips. So uh, they'll be back after a brief drop back to Detroit um, on Monday to finish out that series, the one that got rained out uh, in that finale. So, boys, let's kick it off uh, with this weekend. Observations from overall uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Obviously, the White Sox go 2-1 and one in those games. Friday night, uh, a 1-0 victory. Uh, Luis Robert getting job done there, providing the only run. And then Saturday felt like more of the hangover game. And then Sunday uh, today uh, got going early. Uh, he has RBI single in the first. Uh, it would pile on a few more runs and a nifty little steal of home there. We'll talk about that in a bit. But a 5-2 victory for our White Sox today. Observations from uh, the rest of the weekend here. Hey, Johnny, before I get into the observations, just want to let everybody know a little bit different experience on our end. We cannot see your comments on Twitter. Um, so if you are looking to comment on the show, uh, head on over to our YouTube channel. We can get your comments from there. Uh, I believe that's on tap sports net on YouTube. Uh, there was an update to Twitter periscope, uh, and we do not have comment uh, accessibility from here, but, uh, Johnny overall observations from the weekend, a little bit lackluster at times, other times like today, things looked pretty damn good. I think that there's enough to pick apart, uh, through, throughout this weekend where, there was some really bad that we could talk about and focus on, uh, and then there was some some really good bright spots, uh, especially along uh, Lucas Giolito's start today. Um, some bullpen appearances that looked great, and then uh, you know just a little bit of uh, you know long ball action that we saw throughout the weekend, and then the disappearing act of the long ball action on the other side. Steve, I'll toss it to you. Yeah, Tony, you, you hit the nail on the head with a lot of those aspects. Really just a mixed bag of play. You look at the the two games that really stood out to me. Obviously, game one on Thursday, the clincher, the 7-2 victory, and then the, the game today. These are the two types of games that you look at and you see, and this is what gives you optimism. 
heading into this series up against the Houston Astros. Then you look on the flip side of it. You look at the game yesterday. Uh, Lance Lynn, you know, didn't have his his top level stuff there, and the offense seemingly just kind of went through the motions. So really, this Jekyll and Hyde act that we have seen from this team for almost the entirety of the second half reared its ugly head again. And as we head into the final week of the regular season. It's leaving many of us wondering which team ultimately is going to show up when the bell rings on October 7th. Yep. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde, good term to use there, Steve, obviously, in the differing results here. Let's talk Friday first, guys. Uh, we left off with the discussion on Thursday night about Luis Robert built in a fucking lab. This guy hits another nuke out to left center on Friday night to provide the only run of the game. Um, other than that, storyline from here, Dylan Cease uh, goes uh, five uh, in a third, I believe, five, uh, three hits, zero earned runs, zero uh, walks, and nine strikeouts. He did exit uh, with a right triceps bruise after a comebacker hit him off there when he's kind of turning around on the mound. Um, deflected off. Uh, I think it was kind of a precautionary move. I think you should be fine there. Uh, bullpen, A squad, they came to pitch that night. Excellent outing from Kimbrell there. Uh, strikes out the side, and uh, you, you limit you kind of uh, eliminated a hangover game there. I know that would kind of come Saturday, but a uh, day after the celebration, uh, Tony said they were partying to the early hours of the morning. I think that would be a factor uh, in that. So, uh, anything else Friday? I think it was just impressive that they were able to win this game. Uh, one nothing ball games uh, and a Dylan C start. Who would have thought that the White Sox are coming out on top there? We talked a lot about uh, Dylan Cease being able to get through games and, and stay out of the inning. Uh, I think he did that fantastically. Um, you know, just the fact that uh, you're able to win a ball game where you had Dylan Cease um, on, on the mound, there was no hiccups. There was no damage done to him. I think that's what's most important out of this start. Um, yeah, sure, you would have liked to have seen the offense do a little bit more damage than one run. Uh, but again, Luis Robert, the guy, like you said, that we just talked about him being built in the lab. Uh, we also, uh, I think, came to a general consensus that Luis Robert's the best player on this team uh, as it stands as well. So right there, just proving the, the point even further. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, games where the White Sox don't give up any runs, your pitching and defense is working well. And uh, that, that bodes well. That's that's one of those things that uh, gets you excited about this team, that they can win a ball game like that. Uh, so that's that's my Friday observations right there. Yeah, being in the ballpark on Friday, that was certainly in, in a different ball game from what we saw in the rest of the series here. And, you know, I think obviously there's going to come times during the month of October where they're going to have to find a way to win low-scoring games, and they're going to have to rely on quality starting pitching that we saw from Dylan Cease, him going out there, attacking the strike zone early and often commanding the fastball on both sides of the plate there. And then ultimately you just got to scratch and claw. You got to get that one or two runs. And like you said, Johnny bullpen, a squad went out there, did the job. That was probably the best outing Craig Kimball has had since he put on a white Sox uniform. And that's kind of how you want to draw this thing up ultimately when you get to October. So give me some more of that. Absolutely, Steve. Um, you guys made uh, all the points there. So I think that's about it from Friday. Uh, I think Dylan Cease will be fine. And, uh, you know, the thing that I was talking about last thing to wrap Friday up is that um, I'd said, you know, beginning want to avoid that. Uh, Tony, you touched on that. Uh, but I, you know, kind of had some harsh words kind of towards him, like, oh, you're fucking useless to me, even if you strike out nine, but still have the big inning when it comes to playoff time. So good on him uh, for, you know, making me eat those words. I always love uh, eating words when I'm wrong about it, and it's something positive for the White Sox. Let's move on to Saturday. Uh, not too much. I don't want to spend too much time on here, but Lance Lynn, six innings, uh, seven hits, six earned runs, zero walks, six strikeouts, two home runs allowed, one of those being to Jose Ramirez in the first. Kind of fell over before it started in this one. Uh, I think it's a lack of execution for the White Sox on a couple of occasions, and... um it was mop-up time in the bullpen. At least Ryan Burt struck out three guys. Uh, this was the true hangover game is my final note there. Uh, and other than that, fuck, I, I, I'm so glad we don't have to see Jose Ramirez until next year, guys. Kind of how I feel about this whole thing, too. Uh, game notes that I had from this, Steve, I think I texted this to you. Uh, Lance Lynn gets himself in a little bit of trouble again uh, by going after a guy that he probably should have just walked in this situation. Now, this wasn't as crucial to the ball game, or you could argue that it was, uh, but him going after Jose Ramirez uh, early on in this ball game gives up another long ball. Same situation uh, kind of against the Toronto Blue Jays. I think it was amplified a little bit more with an open base. Uh, and uh, I forget the exact situation, but it was like second and third uh, with Lad Jr. up and uh, had already thrown a couple of balls in that at bat and then tries to rear back and go get him. But I, I think Lance Lynn, 
Uh, we talked about it when it happened then, and I'll talk about it again right here. Uh, when he gets in these situations where he's up against the best of the best, he wants to be the best, and he's going to go after him. doesn't matter what uh, you know the, the call is coming in from the dugout or the catcher. I think Lance Lynn is one of those guys that commands that respect, and, and Tony La Russa is probably not even going to say, hey, I'm going to take you out of this situation because Lance Lynn feels that he can battle in those. That's the second time he's gotten torched, and I think that this is something to watch in the playoffs, especially with Lance Lynn. And I, I, I got to say, hands down, he's my favorite pitcher on the staff. But I just hope, I hope that when he's out there in the ALDS, he does not get himself into one of these situations where he's down in a count and tries to come battling back and be the hero here. Um, it, it could end up biting him in the ass. That's the one big worry I have with Lance Lynn, and the biggest takeaway that I took from that ball game. I don't have a whole lot to add from, from the game on Saturday. I didn't see a single pitch. I was busy battering my liver um, more so than Jose Ramirez did with that Lance Lynn fastball in the first inning there. So I think you guys hit on all the key points right there as I checked the, through the box score and just see, saw some of the highlights. And obviously, Tony, you were texting me during the course of it here, kind of bringing me up to speed on some of the things here. So um, just kind of one of those games you, you got to chalk up. And, and Tony, to your point about Lance Lynn being that guy that wants to kind of show everyone he's got that attitude, he's got that ace mindset of I'm going to beat the guy no matter who it is. There's going to, I think, have to come a point where TLR is going to have to rein him in a little bit at some point here, potentially in that matchup against the Houston Astros and the ALDS. All right, uh, good stuff there, guys. We will touch on Lance Lynn more as we discuss Game 1 playoff starter later in the show, but let's get back to a winning effort um, before we do that. Sunday, uh, 5-2 White Sox winner. Geo throws a gem, six innings pitched. Five hits, zero earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts. Uh, you got the Yaz RBI single in the first. Eloy, the nice pair of RBIs in the third. Lurie Legend, RBI single in the sixth. And then a cool play, guys. Uh, Billy Hamilton steals home. Gets credit for the steal of home, second in his career. And uh, Tim Anderson did a nice job playing some decoy in a rundown between first and second base. Thought that was kind of the coolest moment of this game outside of Lurie Legend's RBI single, of course. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, uh, Kopech had a little bit of a rough go of it, uh, it when he got out there only third of an inning pitched uh, and Garrett Crochet to come in, mop up the job. And he did that because that flips Jose Ramirez around to the uh, right side of the plate grounds into a double play uh, had to be reviewed. So um, Tony challenged it. White Sox won that challenge. They get out of that inning. Um, always nice to get Jose Ramirez out there. Um, we'll talk Kopech starter reliever numbers in a little bit here. Um, other than that, Kimbrell did allow a solo home run uh, in the eighth in his inning. So that is note of note there. And Liam locks it down. Uh, no damage for him. So he was looking good. Uh, takeaways from Sunday in the finale. I think this game was uh, just uh, the, Pleasure of a game to watch, uh, especially for a team that's already clinched the playoffs. Uh, you come out there uh, and, and you get Lucas Giolito just absolutely working. I mean, the guy, I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but he wants he wants that ball game one. He wants to prove uh, on his way out here at the end of the season that he is uh, still the ace of the staff, gets, uh, you know, uh, does a mighty fine job today of, of just, you know, going the distance a little bit as comparative to what I've seen from this White Sox starting staff lately, guys. And this is something that I harped on the other day too. Uh, you know, guys being able to get into the sixth, seventh inning just seems like it hasn't been happening enough for this ball club lately uh, to kind of save the bullpen. Uh, you turn it over to your bullpen A squad. Obviously there's a little bit of uh, discussion amongst how that all got done, but uh, for the grand scheme of things, the offense was working. Um, you were able to manufacture some runs today, uh, and it albeit some some cool ways. Uh, Johnny, I love that you bring up the steal by Tim Anderson, and, and Hamilton uh, gets home on that. I think that that's uh, just an interesting play that you see at some lower levels of baseball work out more than it does in the major leagues, uh, for sure. I, I mean, I, I can tell you how many times we've – uh, back in you know little league and, and into high school, you call for that steal with a runner on third base, and you try and get yourself in a rundown to get the other team throwing the ball all over the fucking place. Uh, I think it's very fitting that uh, we walk out of Cleveland after doing that, making them feel like little leaguers and not being able to get that get an even and out on that play. Uh, so I found that pretty fucking cool and tough. Uh, just well, a good man. ball game all all around. Uh, yeah, I, that was probably one of my favorite things I've seen from the White Sox all year was pulling that off. And it was perfect with him and Anderson. Uh, Steve, I'll turn it to you. And it was just a good ball game. Biggest takeaway for me was watching Lucas Giolito go out there and really establishing his slider, both as a pitch to 
get ahead of hitters, and then ultimately having kind of a second slider there to put guys away when he's ahead and counts 0-2-1-2. For, you know, maybe the first half of the season here, he was kind of still relying on that two-pitch, high-forcing fastball changeup mix. But in the second half here, we've really seen him incorporate that slider with a lot more consistency. And now that's become a viable weapon for him. And they showed the graphic on the screen during the course of the game here that hitters just are not squaring up that pitch. and They're just simply not doing any kind of damage with him. So now from a from an offensive hitter mindset standpoint, when you get in that batter's box right there, you've now got to have that third pitch in the back of your mind and you have a starting pitcher that can go out there and utilize three quality plus pitches all of a sudden that makes the task of of squaring him up and having an idea of how he's going to attack you that much more challenging i think that's going to make him that much more dangerous here as we get into the month of october Great observation on Giolito there. Absolutely. We have talked about um, him bringing a third pitch into the mix and using it effectively. Uh, very nice to see, Steve. Um, I agree with you 100% there. Um, other than that, Tony, I think you summed up the uh, steal of home, uh, making Cleveland feel like little leaguers. I thought that was a great uh, addition there. Um, other than that, Kimbrell gives up a home run, so that is a little worrisome for me. I know it wasn't a complete uh, sort of get himself into a complete mess uh, kind of outing, and the White Sox were up. I get it in the context of this game. Okay, but you don't want to see that stuff uh, in October. So um, we've been saying it all the time uh, ever since basically he came over. Um, when's he going to clean it up? When's he going to clean it up? Um, we're going to have to see uh, one one more week uh, to go. That's it. That's all you got. One, one week from today will be the final game of the regular season. So, um, you know, it's uh, sh- short amount of time uh, to get that stuff cleaned up here. Let's talk Kopech starter versus reliever. Thank you. Hat tip to at White Sox takes on Twitter. Um, I made a little meme about, you know, the SpongeBob Kopech, uh, looking weak. Kopech as a reliever and then the strong one Kopech as a starter. Uh, White Sox takes replied with these figures. Starter numbers. 1.93 ERA in 14 innings pitch, uh, 0.714 whip as a reliever, 4.04 ERA, 49 innings pitch in a 1.224 whip. Steve, go ahead and lead us off here because you were the man uh, who talked about um, and wrote about Michael Kopech, and I'm not stretching him out earlier. Well, one interesting note, um, little tidbit that I don't know if you guys caught this during the broadcast when Kopech came in there. Benetti asked Stone a question. He asked him if he thought Michael Kopech would work for the White Sox as an opener. And I thought that that was a very interesting question to pose during the broadcast because given, obviously, the health situation with Carlos Rodon right now, it kind of makes you wonder, is this something that is being talked about internally within the organization in a Game 4 situation here about maybe having Kopech be that guy to, to serve as an opener and then maybe handing it off to whether it's Garrett Crochet or Ronaldo Lopez or, or one of the other bullpen arms out there. So I think this is something that they might be tinkering around with, and especially after Rick Hahn's comments that came out and said that they are going to try to work to stretch him out here for the remainder of the season and hopefully get him up to being able to throw three innings at a time. So now this is kind of in the back of my mind a little bit is, is this part of the game plan here that they have game for the plan. Houston? Yeah, yeah. So I think this is definitely something to kind of monitor here as we've got about 10, 10 days to go here or so until the start of the ALDS and how they're going to deploy Kopech in that series. Tony, any, any thoughts? No, I think Steve stummed it up real well there. I, I don't have, uh, you know, a problem if he needs to serve as an opener. Uh, I just I, I like the fact that he'd still be available for an inning or so out of the bullpen a day or two later. I think that if he does serve as an opener, though, I, you got to be going to Reynaldo Lopez for a couple innings after it. I feel like you're starting to get a little too weak if you're going to Garrett Crochet there and hoping for two uh, just to get you to the fifth, depending on uh, who's pitched late in those ball games, because now you start seeing some different names show up that I, I'm not going to be comfortable with in a game four if uh if we're there at that point so uh I'm, it scares me just a little bit uh with the health stuff going on with this rotation and i think that that just leads me back to the point that you know you're going to need guys like lucas shilita to go six seven in, in these starts because if lance lynn's only going to be able to give you five and uh dylan cease is only going to be able to give you five you're, you're going to be in a lot of trouble if Giolito only gives you five right um 
as for Kopech, Raylo, possible um, sort of, you know, piggybacking with a starter scenario there. One concern that it, it raises for me is that um, Reynaldo Lopez, uh, he was only in the bullpen a very short time before being moved into that spot starter role and then uh, having a, you know, kind of role with guys being injured down the stretch here. So, sure, we, we can talk about how Kopech's numbers are better and that will definitely benefit him if it happens uh, or it could could benefit him would obviously have to go out and play the game see how it uh all unfolds but how does that affect Reynaldo Lopez is he as effective coming in after those three from Kopech if that's what you get from him um I would hope that he is because he has looked very good uh ever since coming back LASIK did wonders for him we know that um but it just is a question uh that comes to mind because you could have a excellent three scoreless innings uh from Kopech a lot of strikeouts and then Raylo could come in and if he gets touched up people are still going to be upset about it so um you got to think about how that affects Reynaldo Lopez too uh, I guess we won't know until it plays out we'll see how they handle that thing down the stretch here um and who's all able to go so sorry let's move on then um guys as we're on topic of pitching here uh let's Air it out. I'll start with the question. Who should be the game one starter in Houston and why? Uh, you know, this one's tough for me to go like right away because I think that uh, Lance Lynn's been my answer all year. Um, has been since he signed. Been my answer for a game one starter in the playoffs. I mean, you, you got to expect that uh, Lance Lynn is probably the most well-prepared to go in this situation, but I don't know. You you start to look at some of the recent history. Uh, the fact that I said, you know, I, I'm not really seeing him go over five innings all too much lately. Uh, you've had the nagging knee injury. He says he, you know, felt something tweak in his back in his last start. Um, a, a situation we brought up earlier with uh, attacking hitters a little bit too much uh, in the wrong situations. You start to look at the recency bias here, and it points to Lucas Giolito. It really does. And I think that between the two of them, um, if you if you asked me in around May, I would say that that's your 2-3 because it's it's Carlos Rodon for sure. And, and now the, the health issues have uh, mounted up for Carlos. I think Johnny might have been the, uh, the, the first person to call that um, probably before spring training even started was that uh, he's not going to be healthy the whole way through. So – Right now, if I'm Tony Larusa, I mean it's it's probably a coin flip between Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn, honestly. And we'll have to see how they line up, but uh, not much left to go here to base things off of. I think if you're going off of Lucas Giolito's start today, I think what he might get one more start here. Um, he follows it up with uh, another impressive outing, and and you still get more of the same from Lance. I'm going Lucas Giolito game one, Steve. It, yeah, I pretty much agree with your sentiment there, Tony. I think up until maybe about two weeks ago or so, I was very much in the Lance Lynn start game one camp myself. But we have seen, obviously, some of the health issues with Lance here during the month of September. And, you know, from a performance level standpoint, aside from that start down in Texas, you know, he's not giving this team the length that you typically were accustomed to seeing from him uh, for the majority of the season. Whereas, you know, Lucas... I think is really kind of starting to turn it on a little bit here in the, in the second half. And, you know, if you look at their numbers uh, since the all-star break, they're really very similar overall. Uh, you know, Lance Lynn is pitched to a 3.82 ERA and a 3.57 FIP with 9.8 Ks per nine, uh, not including today's outing G 2.97 ERA 3.75 and 9.4 Ks per nine. So pretty similar in that regards here, but I just think that, Giolito right now seems like he's hitting his stride more than Lance Lynn is. Um, you know, we've seen a couple of, of rough outings from Lance here, obviously the start today. And then that start against the Cubs um, a couple weeks back. And the other thing too, to be mindful of here is obviously Lance spent, you know, a couple of years down in Texas with the Rangers. So the Astros know him very well, whereas they don't necessarily have as much of a book on Lucas Giolito. So I think that that lineup, um, just in the familiarity that they have with Lance Lynn, could be a little bit problematic from that standpoint. And so there's a part of me now that really thinks that using Lucas in game one there to hopefully try to steal that game and set the tone for the series is probably the way to go. Guys, it's a tough one, extremely tough one for me. You guys brought up good points there um, in favor of Lucas Giolito. And no, I agree. I was, you know, the most reliable source here. I was shooting the shit somebody's at the bar last night and i said 
I think, you know, we were talking about the importance. We need to split in Houston. We just need to split there, get back home, 1-1 even series. Um, And I said that I think Lucas Giolito is just going to fucking shove whenever he pitches in his first start there. We saw it last year. I know it's very small, limited sample size, but you saw that crazy look in his eyes, and he just wants more. Tony, you brought that up the other night. He's hungry. He wants more. So I would go in favor, yes, of Lucas Giolito. But at the same time, if you go on – look at the schedule that they've set up here. Um, I know they're going to have a couple days to reset themselves uh, in between the last game of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. They are off. You know, that would be from Monday through Wednesday, right? And then Thursday would be the start of that game there. So you will – it wouldn't matter. It, no matter what the order is right now. And obviously it was Lynn yesterday, Giolito today. Um, but I think that was kind of the setup. They were thinking Lynn Lance is our guy game one. I think that is why they set it up that way. And obviously when that rotation turns through here, that's how it would be set up, um, you know, w- w- with the pitching and then the rest that they would get in between uh, the their final regular season start and the start of the playoffs. So I, I, I will say I think it should be Giolito, but I think it will be Lance Lynn. Uh, I think they're going to go to that playoff pedigree um, and rely on that. The big fella uh, is what you signed him for. Been in that situation before uh, you started in playoff games. He's won a fucking World Series uh, before, guys. So uh, I do think it is going to be Lance Lynn. But in the what have you done for me lately department, Lucas Giolito, I think, has earned it more than Lance Lynn has. So those are my final thoughts on it. Fair enough, Johnny. I think I think you're probably right, right on par with uh, what the what the front office and the coaching staff is is thinking there. But we all know that uh, it's going to be Dallas Keuchel. Totally, big money. That's why he's here. I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> All right, let's move on, guys. A little lighter topic here. Uh, our guy Patrick Comiskey wrote an article over at OddTempSports.Odd Odd Saturday morning, and it was titled, An Official Petition for Jim Cornelison to Sing the National Anthem at the First White Sox Home Game. This would be fucking electric. Jimmy C. himself, the anthem singer on Twitter, liked that um, that tweet. He liked all the uh, people tagging him in it, asking for it. So seems like Jimmy's in favor of it. Uh, maybe Brooks Boyer, uh, we already know that there's going to be a blackout. He had told that to NBC5 Chicago. Um, they, we, we, they've shown that they will you know, play into some sort of uh, not demands, but uh, you know, asks from the fans. Um, this would be awesome. I don't know if it'll ever come to fruition. I Honestly, I probably doubt it, but how fucking cool would that be if places rocking south side all blacked out um going nuts during the anthem like in a hawks game uh but obviously even more there you see uh capacities only 21 a little over 21k uh guaranteed rate field much much more obviously baseball stadium just bigger so uh, i think it would be unbelievable and i love the line that comiskey put in there i have to rehash it and that is um the astros shouldn't be able to hear a trash can banging if it was in the opposite batter's box i fucking love that your guys thoughts on this Injected into my veins. I need this. Um, I think we are all getting amped up for the atmosphere that we are going to encounter two weeks from today when this series finally comes back to 35th and Shields and we get the first postseason game since 2008. And I can't think of a better way to welcome postseason baseball back to the south side than with Jimmy C going out there rocking the anthem. I think that Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's ever sung the national anthem at a Sox game before. And I feel like they're the only Chicago team that he has never done that for. So there is no better time to do this than two weeks from today. So I love the sentiment here. I love it. Johnny, you know, I'm a huge uh, Jimmy C fan uh, just with, with the Hawks and cheering the anthem and everything. But I'm going to take a different approach to this. I say you wait till World Series, the first World Series game in Chicago, to let him do that. Bring the bring the giant flag out on the field, get the flyover, all of that stuff. If you're going to do this, I think that a division series isn't a big enough stage for Jimmy C. I'm going to say save it for the World Series. That's just my take. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I get that, but it's just not guaranteed. You know, you're going to have at least one playoff game. Uh, at, True. That's uh, why I don't want to cheapen it. That's why it's exactly why I don't want to cheapen it. I I totally understand. Um, But in this uh, petition, Comiskey did ask for the first one. So glad we got your thoughts on it. I think it would be electric. Um, I'd be in favor of doing it for the first one. Uh, I just, um, I'm anxious and I want it. That's why. Selfish reasons. So that's it. Um, All right, let's move on. TLR says the hope 
is for Adam Engel to play during the upcoming Red Series. Uh, he's hitting in the cage currently. Uh, running will be the next hurdle. Ryan Tapera also had said previously, I think prior to the Indian Series or uh, on that Thursday that they clinch, uh, that he is targeting a Thursday, you know, uh, return during this Red Series too here. So health big factor here. Adam Engel, we need to see this guy be healthy. Uh, I, you know, I not not to I love the guy. Don't, don't get me wrong. He has proved everyone wrong. He, he, he fixed his swing back in 2019. We all know what he can do. Uh, he's got like, I think, what, seven home runs in his very, very limited. Uh, it might be eight now, actually. I think he did hit one uh, ever since come back. So um, it, it's paramount, his health is, and I hate to rag on him, but I'm calling him Man in Porcelain instead of Man of Steel right now, guys. Oof, Johnny with the digs here on Adam Angle. You know, do, do we need to see Adam Angle healthy? I, I'm just going to go back on the Adam Angle hate train uh, that I was on back in uh, 2019. Do we need to see him healthy? Is he the key to success for the, for this White Sox postseason? I don't know. I think things have, have gone fairly well. Um, but, you know, if, if he's not going to be there, just means more at-bats for my guy Gavin Sheets. So I'm, I'm going to take that and, and ride it to the bank. My perspective on this is a healthy, fully functional Adam Angle really gives this team a lot more versatility, and it does give Tony LaRusso a lot more options on how to mix and match based upon who the Houston Astros are going to be um, running out there against them on a game-to-game basis. I just think that if he's there and if he is fully capable of going out there, this team has a lot of lineup versatility and a lot of different things and different pieces that they can plug into various spots to make things a little more challenging for Houston. In fact, you may even see something written on a uh, website known as ontapsportsnet.com in the coming days relating to that. All right. Awesome. Yeah, you wrote another one, too. And Adam Engel's health not only affects the right field position, I think it affects second base, Steve, too. I really like your point about, um, you know, Cesar Hernandez's struggles uh, ever since coming over to the White Sox and Lurie Garcia uh, possibly being the guy to slot in there. Well, guess what? If Adam Engel is not healthy, you may need Lurie Garcia in an outfield role uh, in that right field spot. Sorry, Tony. Uh, I don't know if it'll be Gavin Sheets uh, to start there. It won't won't be. And you know what? I'll give it this, too. Outside of that, that frozen rope he had today that uh, split the shift. I think that, you know, Gavin Sheets, offense is a little bit one dimensional um, to be honest here in the early going. I think he does provide a lot of pop, uh, but, you know, from a defensive standpoint and just an overall baseball standpoint, I'd rather see uh, some other guys getting the call here than, than Gavin Sheets, honestly, in a, especially the division series against the Astros. Uh, I'm not going to say that he's not going to come through in a critical situation, but I think that there's just a, a way better way to slot this thing together than having Gavin Sheets being your starting right fielder. Uh, Steve kind of took what I was going to say if I was going to give an intelligent baseball answer above, uh, you know, more at-bats for Gavin <laughs> Sheets. Uh, so I, I really liked Steve's answer to this and how it affects the whole defensive scenario here. Uh, but outside of that, Adam Engel has shown up in the playoffs so far in his in his early career too, and I want to add that. His bat was was one of the most alive that we saw in Oakland in the postseason last year. So I actually really do believe that Adam Engel's bat is going to be very much needed in a playoff series, and I think that uh, if we can maybe see some semblance of life out of Adam Engel, the, the man of porcelain, as Johnny just labeled him, <laughs> uh, I think that it gives me a lot more confidence heading into a division series against anybody. Right. Uh, I think he's a he's an important piece, of, and he, even as if he's not starting, you know, if Gavin Sheets does get a start, you've got Adam Engel uh, on the bench that you can then throw out into the outfield in the seventh eighth inning if if the Sox do have a lead. I think that that was one thing that I've looked at as for, from Adam Engel uh, since he started here as being a defensive replacement in an outfield platoon, so to speak, in the playoffs, and I think that his bat still plays well enough off the bench too that i mean it's a it's a plus plus situation there Right. And there's one other factor that comes into, uh, you know, personnel availability, all hands on deck status here. Um, and that is Brian Goodwin went to the IL before today's game due to lower back spasms retroactive to uh, Friday. But uh, Matt Foster recalled that was a corresponding move. But overall, that's another outfield option there. A lefty bat uh, in Brian Goodwin. He is not healthy right now. He will not get a final tune up um, against the Reds or against the Tigers in the final weekend is, uh, of the regular season here. So that's another factor. I think Adam Engel uh, is paramount. Obviously, he's been held out um, in not an IL stint again. <laughs> I feel like like the fifth time would have been uh, if he were to have gone back. Uh, but 
you know, I just think it makes this week so important. So talking about what we need to watch for uh, when the White Sox finally come back home, um, definitely Adam Engel will be up there. And then obviously performance of starting pitchers, you would think Lance and Gio are going to get uh, one more start here uh, with the way it's going to shake out. So both those guys uh, pitching to maybe compete against each other for who's going to be game one starter. So a lot to watch for this upcoming home still. Let's talk in generalities though, boys. Boys will be back in town. Feels like it's been fucking forever. Three city road trip. Uh, you had Texas, you had Detroit, you had Cleveland. Now you got to go back to Detroit for one more game uh, before, but guys, how great is it going to be to finally be back on the South side of Chicago at 35th and Shields? Hey, I love the boys are back in town, Johnny, and I can't wait till that's blasting on Tuesday when I, uh, you know, finally pull back into lot B uh, for you know, what's going to be the final homestand of what was a great season uh, for the White Sox. And I think, you know, uh, overall, we had some some good times at the ballpark this year, boys. Um, and I'm hoping to uh, make some more memories that, uh, you know, last a lifetime in this final week with uh, with both of you at the ballpark this week. You know, it's been crazy. The last, you know, 12, 13 years, you look at the final homestand of the year almost as like the procession leading into a funeral. And this year, this final homestand, it's it's kind of a, a tune-up, obviously, for something greater that we're going to get to see two weeks from today. And I keep coming back to this. And the fact that we know that these are not the final five games that we're going to get to see this team at the corner of 35th and Shields here in 2021. So um, it is going to be really nice just to have them finally get back after this long road trip. And I know myself from traveling to two of the cities on, on this road trip, I'm sure um, those guys are even more wiped out than I am from, from the traveling aspect of it here and be able to get back and sleep in their own beds and, like you, like you both said, it's going to be great just to reassemble the whole group here. I know we've got a couple of things uh, planned for, for the homestand here. We're going to have some fun. We're going to crack some fucking beers, and we're going to get after this shit. Absolutely. A few points for me. A, I cannot wait to hear the reception that the team gets uh, after clinching the division title uh, for the first time since 2008. So, Tony, you're going to have to take a video of that, uh, capture it all in, because I will not be there Tuesday night. But um, B... I've not been to a game, a uh, White Sox home game, in the month of September. Last game I went to, boys, is when we were living the sweet life uh, back on the final day of August. Uh, I had some, you know, I had tickets wow. for some of the, had tickets for some of the games in the middle uh, of the month when they were back uh, at home uh, during that home stand. They had the Angels and the Red Sox in there, but I had other commitments. I was out of town for uh, both uh, of those things when I uh, would have otherwise, if I was home, would have been going to the game. So um, that's a I. Personally, I can't wait to get back. Um, and then, see, halfway to St. Patrick's Day, one of the best uh, you know promos that they do of the year. They're giving away a sweet Budweiser beer stein. Um, that is Friday, October 1st. And, yes, we are doing it up big, Lot B. Mark your calendars, Friday, October 1st, 5.15 p.m., Lot B. Halfway to St. Patrick's Day tailgate, wear your fucking green White Sox gear, uh, bring any ridiculous decorations, fucking... Uh, that you have whatever you want to do to celebrate uh, halfway to St. Patrick's Day. I think I'm going to, guys, I think I'm going to get some solo cups and bring a uh, little uh, bottle of di- uh, green dye so we can have green beer uh, in Lot B. I think, I think that's the move uh, for that. It'll be a great time. Uh, unfortunately, no pinata this time, uh, like the Astros tailgate when we destroyed orbit, sent orbit into orbit, uh, if you will. Um, but, you know, uh, it's going to be a good time regardless. And it'll kind of be the last sort of celebration and kind of take it all in because, let's be honest, it don't matter if the White Sox win or lose that game. We're all just there. We're going to have a good time. Uh, appreciate the team, uh, what they've accomplished this year, and gear up for the playoffs. So I can't wait, boys. Johnny, let me ask you this question. How's uh, how's the reception going to be when I'm the guy that rolls up there in a Polish Mafia T-shirt for halfway to St. Patrick's Day? Oh, you, 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 do, you do what you got to do. I, I know I know you would uh, you you would let us know that beforehand. We were chatting a few days ago in the Sox and Tap group chat. Um, but you go ahead. Me and Tony might you know fight you. We might have a bouncer there, a big Irish uh, red haired bouncer uh, to kick you out. But who knows? We'll we'll see. It'll be a good time regardless. You know, and, and and Buzz never made it to the show too, and I felt like there was going to be no fighting. And then you go and you do this, Steve. I, I have I have no idea what to even do here. I apologize for nothing. Yeah, you don't have to. I can't beat him in a fight, so I don't. Even, I can't even do nothing. I'll wear, I'm, I'm fucked. I'll wear enough green to make up for your lack of spirit at that tailgate, Steve. How about that? That's fair. 
All right. Um, boys, uh, final stuff here. Meatball takes uh, tinfoil hat time. Shout outs. Any of that stuff you got it? Other than that, we're getting close to wrapping up. I don't have any meatball takes right now because the uh, the White Sox are going to the playoffs. I'm in a great fucking mood. Uh, I think uh, both of you guys are as well. But shout outs. Uh, shout out. Shout out to Buzz, who's in his garage right now. Uh, he last we heard from him, he didn't know what his name was. So I'm going to reiterate his name's Buzz, and he sat through an entire Chicago Bears game. And that, that I mean, you got to be some sort of glutton for self punishment if you if you sat through that whole thing and, and couldn't make it here. So shout out Buzz, good job. Meatball take for me, um, just kind of going back off of what I had tweeted Friday after after the Sox victory in Cleveland, and to know that. Um, we will never have to see the White Sox play the Cleveland Indians ever again. They fucking buried them once and for all. They're done. They're finished. We lived our entire lives and never had to see those assholes win a World Series. Suck it. Um, all right. Um, my, I guess as we're winding down here, what, one last thing, um, and is a topic that I meant to put in here before. Uh, so I do have a final thought after this, but this topic we need to discuss really quick. And that is Lucas Giolito, his comments about the personal catcher situation and people, um, you know, he's saying getting away from being a personal catcher guy was a big thing for me. Tony, who'd have thunk it? We we were the assholes for insinuating that. Right? I need to, I need to know if this was playful words or if it was, you know, some sort of joke that he knows that people think he's a personal catcher guy. I mean, he certainly looked like a personal catcher guy. Now he's bringing it up. Uh, we heard it as as early as a few days ago that Lucas Gilito is not a personal catcher guy. And then I thought it was big that he threw the essay. I meant to say this earlier. I thought it was big that he threw to yesterday and looked fucking phenomenal. Um, and you saw him go to Sebi Zavala for a few times and look phenomenal. I mean, Zach Collins is still on the roster right now, is he not? I thought that, you know, Sunday lineup, you're going to see Zach Collins say. It's, it, that's who I thought was going to be in the lineup today for the White Sox was, was Zach Collins, especially with just the series in, in Cleveland. Yaz playing both of those games uh, in, in the doubleheader. I thought this was just an easy game for Yaz to probably be riding the bench with Lucas Giolito on the mound. Instead, Yaz is back there doing Yasmani Grandal things, and Lucas Giolito looks fantastic. And you have to think that one of the reasons why he's throwing to, to Yasmani Grandal right now is because that's who he's going to throw to in the playoffs. I love to see it. Uh, Johnny, I know you love to see it. I know our guy Andrew Kinsler loves to see it. I think everybody loves to see it uh, because it's something that you did not see from Lucas Giolito for so long uh, was throwing the Osmani Grandal and look, look what happened. Right. And that, this, this bleeds in perfectly to my, uh, my one final thought that I also said I had to mention uh, before we preview uh, this little uh, swing back to Detroit for one game. Um, but that is uh Yasmani Grandal. Yes. Uh, he, he was big. Hey, guess what? It worked out for him because a, Lucas Giolito threw well, and B, Yasmani Grandal drew, uh, drove in the first run of the game today, get the boys going. So um, that, that's huge. And, yes, I agree w- uh, with everything that you just said there, Tony. So no need to rehash it. Other than that, my, my one like final thought here was that regardless of the series length, whether it's three games, whether it's five games, Yasmani Grandal is going to hit at least two home runs in the playoffs. Thoughts? I think you might be selling him a little bit short. I mean, we've but talked at about least, at least. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's been talked about really ad nauseum here over the last maybe seven to 10 days or so. He's been the hottest hitter in baseball since he came back from his knee injury. And the way he's going right now, you know, and Johnny, I think you and I talked about this uh, Monday when, when we were together here d- during post game. You know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't with Grandal at the moment. You make a mistake to him in the strike zone, he's punishing the ball. But then if you try just try to nibble, he's got such elite plate discipline that he's going to take his walks. I mean, we saw that throughout the course of the weekend here. He is just an absolute offensive weapon right now. And, you know, slotting him into that number four spot behind Jose Abreu in front of whether it's Luis Robert or Aloy Jimenez, that just really has lengthened this lineup out now and really made them a lot more dangerous. And I'm, I'm psyched to see what he's going to do against Houston. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I can't wait. Uh, Steve will, will be having your yes had been in in a little bit. So uh, maybe we can team up on those. Uh, he has money. Love it. 
So uh, other than that, let's get into the final game here uh, from the Detroit series. Um, obviously delayed uh, due to that rain out last Wednesday. They will be playing it up, uh, making it up on uh, Monday, excuse me, yeah, Monday, uh, September 27th, 12, 10 p.m. Central time starts as in day baseball for your Monday afternoon. Uh, Dallas Keuchel on the mound for the Sox, Matt Manning for the Tigers. Um, once again, guys, these kind of don't really matter down the stretch here, but uh, it's Diamond Dallas, another chance to prove any sort of worth for the playoffs here. I mean, I don't think he has to prove any worth. He's diamond Dallas. We all know that uh, he plays and uh, that he's your game one guy. So I'll turn it over to Steve just so he can confirm that fact. Well, the only thing I'm just wondering about is, you know, maybe uh, Kelly Nash will give him a nice little pep talk before the game tomorrow. You know, they can post another cute little picture on Instagram or whatever the fuck it is that they do from a social media standpoint, and maybe that'll get his head out of his ass and he'll start throwing some strikes and uh, not giving up long balls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, uh, I'd say better myself, guys. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I would imagine. Right, so one note from this game, actually, I do have one that I forgot to put in the run now, but um, I got it off the top of my head, and that is TLR did confirm to Len Casper that Andrew Vaughn will be playing third base. So I think it's safe to assume we can expect what would have been the kind of getaway day lineup uh, today will be on Monday, since that is technically the new getaway day. I would imagine they're just busting back up to Detroit uh, tonight like they did uh, when they came from Detroit to Cleveland uh, to go and clinch that damn division. So um, the lineup uh, in effect, uh, what, what do we think it picks to click then here with that in mind? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Andrew Vaughn going, playing, uh, playing a goofy position. I think maybe that'll take a little bit of um, mindset away from him and some of his struggles that he's had at the plate, maybe loosen him up a little bit in there at the box. Matt Manning, young pitcher, had some struggles this year. I think Vaughn's going to light him up. Not a bad uh, pick to click there, Steve, and that's a, that's a name that if uh, if we had another hour to go, I'd love to dissect with you guys his Andrew Vaughn and playoff expectations, and maybe we'll get to that this week uh, later on um, as we uh, get into uh, postseason preview here. Uh, I, I think that you know Andrew Vaughn's one of those guys, Steve, and I think I might double down with you um, with Andrew Vaughn here. I want to see. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, wait, wait a minute. Am I hearing this correctly? Am I hearing Tony? Saying that he's going to double down and take Andrew Vaughn as a yes, yes. I need to spread wait, some is there, love. Is there, wait, is there Are, some sort of thing that I didn't know about it, that did, Tony doesn't like Andrew Vaughn? It's, no, no. I'm just curious because, like, I, I've always loved Andrew Vaughn. No, okay. Just, yeah, just, Steve, the way Steve said it made me think, like, oh, what, yeah. what, what, what happened? I, I think know. he's just appealed that I'm not going with Gavin Sheets, yeah, and he I, doesn't oh, even know that. Oh, he doesn't that, even know the, that I, I went with I went with Brian Goodwin over. Over Gavin Sheets, and I didn't Washington even know Rogue. that Goodwin was injured. Have you have you grounded Gavin or something? I haven't grounded. Mean? I haven't grounded Gavin. And you know what? That that line shot that he had today that that split the uh, that split the shift was fantastic. I'm just trying to get some some other picks out there so that the rest of the team knows that I do care. That's all I'm trying to do. You know, like at, at a certain point in time, you might have your favorite kid but you've also got to spread the love around so that, you know, everybody knows that you still love them. I mean, the White Sox are a family, right? So I I don't think I've given Andrew Vaughn like any love in a long time. And it it might just be time to give Andrew Vaughn that, that love. Gavin knows that I love him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to clarify that it makes more sense when you were going the Gavin sheets route. I thought there might've been some sort of Tony Andrew Vaughn beef that I was unaware of. So no, no, uh, no, no beef with Andrew Vaughn. All right. No just, beef with Andrew one. I'm glad we've cleared that up. Just make uh, sure. I, I, I honestly don't know what to expect from this lineup. So, I, you know, yeah. knowing, knowing Vaughn will be the only one in there. I would like to triple down with you guys, but I did pick. I'll Mr. just do it. I, I know I picked Mr. Vaughn today and I think um, there will be a guy that will be in the lineup. Um, probably I would imagine not in the field, but I think uh, he will be DHing tomorrow to get his at bat since he has looked pretty good as of late. And that'll be Mr. Eloy Jimenez. We need distance. If we're going to get the ball out of Comerica park and Mr. Eloy Jimenez knows how to do that. So I will go with him. Um, if he's not in though, because we don't know it's a little bit unpredictable if he's not in i will go ahead and triple down with andrew vaughn but i'll go with eloy first just so we have a little bit of split here um then we'll see what buzzes when we text him and if he can remember his name and all that good stuff so somebody uh, check on that guy yeah we 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 probably should check on him yeah we definitely need we need a health check we'll we'll, we'll wrap this up here um in a little bit but leave guys just leave me with a final thought whatever it is could be anything related to the white sacks um go ahead and then we'll close this thing down White Sox, 2021 division champs, 
last week. Let's play some good, clean, crisp baseball and get ready for Houston. Let's all overreact for the next week, can we? Like that's well, that's what most, I. It is the most important stretch this of is, PLR's career, right, Steve? Yes. So it, it is very hard to argue that. My, my thing is, is let's overreact because every overreaction to each and every win over the last week, every loss should be the most painful thing you experience because it's not going to touch what happens to you in about a week. So get get ready as a fan. This is your time to start practicing how to watch meaningful baseball. If there's an error on a play, you need to be throwing something in your living room, drinking an extra beer because it happened, doing some shots after the game. Get ready because what's coming is a very important playoff series, most likely against the Houston Astros, where you're going to just be so intense. And if you can't get your heart ready for what's about to happen over the month of October and you take your foot out of the gas here, you're not. You might be in for some problems. Emergency room visits, all the all the likes. Get yourself ready as a fan. Overreact to every single play that happens, and watch every pitch as if it's a playoff pitch. That's that's my word of advice. Proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance, Tony. We say it all the time in our ONTAP Sportsnet circles. It's true. You should do the same uh, to prepare, prepare yourself uh, within this fandom. So I'll leave you guys with two uh, final thoughts, and that is, hey, Adam Engel, um, now that I have designated you a new nickname that is a bit derogatory, uh, please go ahead and prove me wrong. Um, you can go ahead and shove it right down my throat. I love being wrong. When it's positive for the White Sox, but you need to be healthy. You need to be. I thought he was going to say he likes taking things right down the throat. <laughs> sho- sho- shove those words Whoa. right, right back <laughs> at me. I- I've had it happen plenty of times. Carlos Rodon, a perfect example early in the season because I was on the "Don't bring him back" train. So um, I've ga- I've given a little slight at Adam Angle here. So please just go ahead, prove me wrong, show us you're healthy, and you can be a uh, positive contributor and consistent contributor uh, throughout the playoff run. And it is hopefully going to be a long one. So gear up, uh, get those hammies ready. Um, My second final thought is, I need to say it again, so everybody remembers, halfway to St. Patrick's Day tailgate, Friday, October 1st, 5.15 p.m., Lot B, look for the ONTAP Sportsnet black flag hanging up and you will go and find the party, uh, bring all your green White Sox gear. Uh, we'll have a great time. Um, you know, beer stein giveaway looking like it's going to be fucking sweet. Those pictures of it are cool. I'm sure it'll be even cooler in person. So get out there, get yourself one of those giveaways, come and have some beers, uh, with us in lot B before you do that. And, uh, that's it for the show. Good Sunday, fun day guys, successful weekend in Cleveland. Once again, uh, Time for some housekeeping. Make sure you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can follow us on social media at SoxOnTap, at ontapsportsnet. If you're looking for White Sox merchandise, like AL Central Champion merchandise, Grandstand is the place to go. It's located right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. You can also shop online, grandstandsocks.com, and follow them on social media at Grandstand Socks. Boys, that's it. I got nothing else except White Sox forever. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.